Craft Beer Radio, episode 443, on November 11th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, another prime show, 443, and we have a couple beers from this from the fridge and a couple beers from the cellar. Yeah, we we dug into the cellar. We're drinking some oldies and goodies tonight. Oh. It's a cold weekend. It kind of fits. Yep. And the fridge was getting a little low on stock, so going to have to replenish that this week. All right. Let's start. So nothing is like really light or anything. Let's do this new beer from Sam Adams first. Okay. They sent us their winter sampler media thingy. And uh, one of the new beer, two new beers in there is an oatmeal stout. So let's give it a try. Hopped with East Kent Goldings and Fuggles. Interesting. I'm listening. East Kent Golding and Fuggles. Centennial. All, not centennial, all, um. See, I'm listening and now I'm throwing you off your, off your riff. All, uh, continental hops is what I'm thinking of saying. That's what I meant. <laughs> continental is typically the English, con- or the European continent. So your English hops would be kind of different than continental hops. East Kent Golding and Fuggles, though. Those are... England. Yeah. Yeah. Continental would be the European continent. So, like, Zotz and... Yes. Hotel. Middle fruit. Okay. So, more English hops. Uh, Two-row pale malt blend, you know, that they use in pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oats, dark crystal, chocolate, and carafa special are the malts. 5.5% alcohol by volume. 25 IBU. Very dark brown. With some brown highlights. There's some. You can, if you hold it up to the light, you can mm. see some clarity through there. But yeah, very, very dark. Onto the aroma. You're getting a nice crisp cocoa, like a baker's chocolate. And then you're getting a little bit of that like oatmeal porridge type aroma coming through as well. Yeah, don't really have much to add there. It kind of fits. Uh, take another sniff, you know, get a little bit of maltiness too, like a dark crystal or something like that. Like, um, a little bit like cinnamon roll, like the bread of a cinnamon roll or something like that, like a muffin or something like that. Or a bear claw. Mm-hmm. The flavor of the cocoa comes through as well. Malt has a nice body to it and a nice sweetness. It's not too sweet. It's not too toasty. I like where it's landing right in the middle. It, um, I really like the the how the balance of sweet versus cold to me. the balance of sweet versus dry on this. I think it's landing really well. Like first sip, good drinker. You know, this is uh, making me think. You know, this is a beer like their Oktoberfest or something like that, where it just there's a good balance to it and it's mm-hmm. good solid uh, body through the whole thing. Yeah, they, um, I'm trying to think how to put this, because it might come across that there's nothing especially distinctive about it, which I think is kind of true, at least okay. with the, the, the way I'm tasting it, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it's It's well done and very balanced in terms of what you should expect to get, and that may be be off putting to 
like I remember when we started, you know, Sam Adams was kind of thought of as like baby's first beer or something like that, right? I mean, the the way that they baby's first craft beer, and I think they have a a reputation for for not going. I'm trying to, to figure out a way to. Uh, I'm not sure where you're going, but uh, I'm. I. I <laughs> you didn't even get enough out. I'm not even sure where, which direction you're going here. I. I think this is a very interesting oatmeal stout, not because it is big and boisterous in any particular way, but because it has many of the things you're looking for, or many things you expect in finding oatmeal stout. And it's delivering each of those aspects very clearly. They're not muddled. You're getting the stout part. You get that kind of baker's cocoa. You're getting the oats where they're coming across a bit, like a bowl of oatmeal, a little bit gelatinous, a little bit porridgey. But then you're getting this really swell malt flavor coming out of there too. You're getting the two-row malt flavor. But you know, for me, it's coming across a little bit more crystal caramel or maybe even a bit of Munich, right? I'm getting more kind of bready, bread crust malt flavors in here, which you don't normally taste in a, a stout, but I like that it's kind of coming through along with the cocoa. It's giving it a dimensionality that I don't see in oatmeal stouts. Okay, Jeff is clearly way more <laughs> set on, on or, or his his tongue is, is is very much more calibrated than mine. I'm I'm my point is more along the lines of one of the <laughs> I'm having a really hard time getting it out. I apologize, everybody. Okay. Rogue gets a lot of flack from me for very for being very kind of eight out of ten ish and very almost safe. This is kind of the same thing, but in a different direction. And it's not necessarily safe. It's doing everything right. It's not doing anything, especially jumping out at me and saying, oh, but it's doing everything like, and this is awesome. It's not a warm hug like some stouts are. It needs a little bit more alcohol for that. But it's so, like, perfectly acceptable and, and right on for everything that, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would not hesitate to recommend it. It's, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, at what point does mediocre stay mediocre? What point does, does hitting all the notes right become its own thing that's that's special? <laughs> it, it almost sounds like you're, you're. I don't know. What I'm saying it is, sounds. I mean, so just listening it sounds a little bit like you're hating on Sam Adams. Well, and, no, and, I'm trying to to get a part of nuance here, which is that I like this mm-hmm. a lot. But there's nothing that I can say about it that would truly make it distinctive among any other oatmeal stouts. It just gives you everything you want out of an oatmeal stout. But I'm not like pulling like you. You pulled all those flavors, which is great. But but I'm not getting an excitement about it. Like oh, we got to try. There, there's this new flavor in here that's awesome. Or there's this. I've never tasted something like this before. Or th- there there's a there's a distinctive. Um, thing about this or there's a story about this that evolved yeah, I mean, in a certain so, way. Yeah, but we're tasting different. We're, we're not calibrated the same. I I think that this is very similar companion-wise to how their Oktoberfest feels 
like you're experiencing a well-done classic example or at least an Americanized version of a classic example. It gives you good clarity on the different aspects of the beer. Mm -hmm. The flavors aren't muddled. They stand out. They're bright. They're bold. And I'm getting the same thing with this, you know, and I already explained much of it. As I've been drinking, I'm getting more and more of a kind of a vanilla type kick in there as well. So maybe how do you sell that? This is just a good, this is just a good example of a classic oatmeal stout. Well, it, the style itself is just oatmeal stout. I mean, how many, how many whales are oatmeal stouts? None. You name me a whale that's an oatmeal stout. That's something that's like amazing that you would, you know. Stand oh, uh, in line well, for. okay. Um, uh, uh, breakfast stout. Well, that is a coffee milk stout. I mean, that's that's loaded up. That's hardly trying to be an oatmeal stout. Okay. Um... <laughs> then I'm having trouble. Yeah. Okay. But. It's not all about whale. I, I'm just I'm trying to to point out where this fits. And I'm doing a poor job of it, clearly. But my my point is more along the lines of I really appreciate how well this is done without going in any special direction. And there's something special about that. I'll put it in the 90th percentile of oatmeal stouts. Okay. I just I just think it's well put together. It it's. Okay, maybe it's lacking passion or something like that. I don't know. But but mechanically, technically, this is delivering all the goodies you expect from an oatmeal stout. And it's doing it without being slimy and slick or chalky or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, my point is not, to, is, is not to diss the beer. My point is more to express the, the interesting conundrum that I'm in. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I like it, but there's nothing like... There's there's nothing about it that I can say is exceptional, but that's kind of part of what makes it good, is that it's so on point. And an easy drinker and something that I can, you know, recommend to pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, where that where I'm going with it. So I I guess um let's just not move my on. night. Let's not my move night. on. Maybe you'll do better with this next it's one. It's been a rough week. Pop go the cork. This one is from Boulevard. Actually, it was sent to us by um, Dave. Dropped it off. Dave, thank you, Dave. Boulevard's the sixth glass quadruple. Did we say the previous one? Same man who sent us the oatmeal stout, by the way. Yeah. Uh, th- this is quadruple ale, ten point two percent alcohol by volume, twenty two IBU. They say it's meant for the mature connoisseur. I guess it would be us. Sometimes. <laughs> Depends on the night. Hmm. Comes in a big 750 milliliter bottle. And it's 10%, so we poured small samples. And using the old, ye old Xylus to seal that up. Haven't talked about the Xylus stoppers in a while. They're a wine stopper, but they have a compression on it. And they keep the CO2 in. Mm-hmm. And we strongly recommend those for... Um, Saving big bottles of beer. They're not great for cans. No, no, they don't (laughs) work so well with cans. Um, Obviously, once you open a beer and cork it with a Xylus or Mm -hmm. something like that, you want to get to it again relatively quickly. 
because you have room for infection and stuff like that that could be setting in on the beer. But I've had bottles of beer Xylist for over two weeks, and when I go back to it, they're still a perfectly fine beer. Hops are, according to their homebrewing recipe, which may not, may not be quite the same as what they actually brew, mm-hmm. uh, hops are Hillertau Blank and Styrian Golding. The malts are Cara 300, Malted Wheat, Munich, and Pale Malt. They use a Belgian ale-style yeast. And the adjuncts are brown sugar, dark candy syrup, dark sugar, and dextrose. Okay. Color is a kind of tannish, iced tea-ish kind of color. A little bit of red highlights on it. There is... This one was, I guess, kind of amberish. There is... It's pretty clear, although it kind of... Like, if I hold up to the light, it seems kind of clearish. But if I look straight, straight through it, it does not seem very clear. So I don't know. I'm getting a good reflection. It's it's pretty clear. I mean, we just poured the top, you know, five or six mm-hmm. ounces off of this bottle. So Like, I can't see you through this. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you get if you get the lamp in the reflection, you can then you can see through that. So. See it clearly. Yeah, it's weird. You have to look at through, it's polarized. You have to look at it through an angle to see through it. <laughs> I see what you're saying. That's weird. Anyway, uh, the beer is about ten months old. It was bottled on uh, December twenty eighth, twenty sixteen. They only it's have refracting a, a lot. Is what's going on? They only have a two year shelf life on this quad. Probably just to you know play on the safe side. I would expect a beer like this would age for a while. Yeah. So it smells sweet like I would expect. Has a little bit of some phenolics so some spicy notes, like uh, kind of a nutmegish and maybe a black pepper uh, note on the aroma. Got some alcohol right there. I'm getting a. a... A slight bit of black licorice or anise on the, on the aroma as well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. The pepper, the black pepper, is a big part. The or maybe maybe some other kind of pepper. Maybe white pepper actually kind of fits my nose a little bit better. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, it's not quite as fruity, right? But there's mm-hmm. still a yeah, yep, pepperiness. Almost smelling something like dried apricots or something like that. Maybe pear. Pear is a good call because it really goes with the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good amount of fruitiness of relatively dark fruits and you know pitted stone fruits. I need another sip here. It comes across, so you're getting two things. You're getting kind of a dry mineraliness, but then right up front, I'm getting this pretty big sweetness. It's pretty sweet out front, mm-hmm. and it's a bit like a cinnamon roll or something like that. Again, another like pastry-type dough, and the cinnamon kind of plays in with that whole spiciness that's coming through. Uh, yeah, pears, I think. like If you think of like a, a really ripe like Janju pear, like, you know, it's mushy and stuff, you know, they kind of get flavors like that. Mm-hmm. A little apple pie-ish, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of alcohol in the flavor. At least the, the, the sips that I had, mm-hmm. I could, you could pretty much, you could definitely taste the alcohol in it. It has a really high carbonation. It's kind of reminding me of a carbonation along the lines of Chimay or something like that. And for me, that's like 
the the bubbles mm. are scrubbing. Mm-hmm. The, yes, the, the bubbles are scrubbing the flavor off my tongue before they have time to set in. Right. So I really don't like a quad. Now maybe for a triple or something, I can deal with this high level carbonation. But for me, for a quad, uh, I want the flavors to sink in a little bit more before the CO two scrubs them off. And that's an easy fix, right? You swirl your glass and work out some CO two. I wonder if you could develop something like a stick that just has. Like if you had a, like wooden, a, a, wooden a non-reactive Mento, just a wooden chopstick, right? Put in there. That should have enough. Um, it should be pretty much pretty non-flavorful, right? And I, I guess, but and you could you could nucleate things really quickly and get a lot of carbonation out of. It. But yeah, the, a, a non-Mento Mento is yeah what I'm thinking of. Yeah, a whole bunch of nucleation sites. So you, 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 you could have a stick of styrofoam. I mean, you can do a lot of things, but mm-hmm. you could also not put anything in your beer and just fill the glass, right? Yeah, but it takes a while. And you also then risk uh, it bubbling over, or, or if you are not careful. It didn't really take that much swirling to, to knock this down to where it's not Chimay-type zingy. And and now that I did that, I'm getting uh, more of a banana flavor as well. The fruits are coming through a little bit more boldly. This fits pretty well with you know what you expect for a quad, or mm-hmm. what I like to see in a quad. It has more of a... It has a it has more of the lighter body and fruit fruity esters as opposed to some quads can have a little bit more of a chewier body. Sure. Right? I, I think this it. is actually though a little more phenolic than I'm used to. I'm getting more yeah. peppers and spiciness. Yeah, that's than that's something to. you don't I don't usually think of when I think of quads is is a big white pepper mm-hmm. uh, a, a anise um, and you know nutmeg type thing. You don't really expect that in a quadruple as much. It, it works for me. If I if I was picking favorites, I'd probably want something with a little more malt to it, a little more chewy. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think that having more of a, I want more fruitiness. I want more, more maltiness. I want some more depth to this. I think, mm-hmm. and and I'm getting kind of it, everything's more sort of surface, and uh, it's fine. It, it it's actually it's actually pretty good, but it's not like among my best. Mm-hmm. I do like that pear flavor. That pear flavor is working for me. Okay. Should we go for uh, the pumpkin next? Yeah, let's do that. It was in the cellar. It's one of those things you forget you have. <laughs> have three bottles of old pumpkin because I was doing a like kind of an experiment back in the day. Like you know, pumpkin when it comes out. It's too much spices, mm-hmm. you know, when it's fresh. But uh, I remember having some that had, been, had a year old or so. And uh, I probably bought these to drink them the following Halloween and then forgot about them for a few Halloweens. And, you know, every time you look at it, you like a pumpkin beer. Yeah. 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 I, was at, I was at Caliente today, the one up in Hampton, and they had a Cascade Brewing, which is a sour brewer out of Oregon. We've had a couple of their beers on the show, not too many. But they had Pumpkin Smash on tap. But it was eleven dollars for a snifter, and their snifters are are teeny tiny. And I'm like, it's probably good, but it's a pumpkin beer. How uh-huh. pissed off would I be if I spent eleven bucks for a little? Right, they're not going to give you a taster of that. If it... <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I passed it. I didn't even think of asking for a taster. I probably could have. Our server today was kind of on the grumpy side. 
So pumpkin imperial ale. Eight point six percent alcohol by volume. Uh, it's got pumpkins in it. <laughs> pumpkin pie spices. Uh, you know, <laughs> pumpkin. Pumpkin. It's pumpkin. Uh, don't see much else about it here, at least on the. Okay, side. the spices don't seem to have faded very much in the last three years. It, uh, it's interesting. Kind of smelled gristy. Yeah, there's something there. There's a... Kind of a raisiny thing in there. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is a little bit, you know, aged, oxidized, something like that. There come those pumpkin pie spices. There they come. <laughs> Took a little bit of time for those to... Well, has that... Oof, there's a lot on there. Um... So the, color- the gristy thing you're talking about, I do smell it. Like a little bit of maybe tannins or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, so the interesting color here. It's uh, very, very clear. It is very kind of amberish. Yep, we're drinking this straight up out of the cellar. No refrigeration or anything. Hey, there, not, there's a thing on top of it where it smells like... At the malt house, like after, you know. No, it's, it's, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It smells kind of like a mash a little bit. Moving on to the flavor. Spices, first sip, spices work. Spices are on. They're not too powerful. Hopefully they don't build. Getting some good vanilla flavors out of it, along with the nutmeg and mm-hmm. the cinnamon. And uh, not having had a, you know, spice beer in a while, it's, it's, okay, okay. It's th- those are lingering those spices. It it, it comes through and then uh, immediately it starts to. I think I'm gonna enjoy my four ounces. I'm not sure I want much more than my four ounces because these flavors are working for me. And yeah, they're they're all the pumpkin pie spices. It's it's kind of sort of that whole so. One of the laws of craft beer radio is the idea of a pumpkin beer is always better than the actuality of a pumpkin beer. Right. And that's just because we've been... Well, pumpkin beer sounds like something that should be delicious. And it almost never is. Mm-hmm. This beer I'm drinking right now, I'm really happy with. This is good. I'm enjoying... It, it's a spice bomb, right? There's lots yeah. of spices. But it's... to me, nothing's overpowering. They're nice and blended together. It, it's working for me. It's a gimmick. Um, it's it's kind of almost a alco poppy kind of gimmick. If you have it I, in, I in a small enough, you know, just uh, not just enough, I think you're fine mm-hmm. with it. I, I think I think you're right. I think it's it's going beyond you mm-hmm. know the, more than this sample. <laughs> That's like yeah. I mean, so it's a gimmick, but I mean, so is an old fashioned flavor beer or. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, margarita flavored beers. Oh, sure, sure. So, but they could be good, and for me, this one's good. Like I said, these this four ounces, I, but this working. this tastes gimmicky. Is what I'm saying. It tastes like, but it tastes like an old fashioned, you know, taste like me, that kind of thing. To me, when something tastes gimmicky, it tastes thrown together. It doesn't taste well integrated. It 
this one tastes well integrated to well, me. I'd, I'd think it could be gimmicky and still be good. I, I think it's, right. it, it's, you can have a good gimmick. I, I put, when I, if I call something a gimmick, I'm putting more into that term, and that is that it is thrown together. It's not well integrated. It's just to grab the people who want that, you know, and not necessarily be technically good, like on technical merits. And for me, this beer is technically good. See, the reason why I I still think gimmick fits is I wouldn't want more of this than I have, and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want a whole bunch of different beers like this. True. Uh, But I'm happy with the sample I have now and just finishing that. So it's like... Okay, and if we switch this out with Utopias, you would say the exact same three things. No, I, I I would be all for more beers are like Utopias. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I I I don't want any more of this than I have. I don't want this spice stuff any more. Four ounces a season is plenty for me. Oh, but I, I'm not I'm not arguing very strongly against that mm-hmm. sentiment. But the four ounces that we do have, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, I'm enjoying them too. I mean, it, they're a little. It's a little powerful. I'm not not used to. The you know the the spice bomb stuff because I don't drink it, that it, stuff no, anymore. No, no, it is a spice bomb, but it's one of the best spice bombs that I've had in a long time. <laughs> it, they work. The flavors yeah, are working. The flavors are working. You're right. You're absolutely right. We see who's we see who's in what kind of mood tonight. I am the like the placator, the happy guy that likes everything, and Greg is like, "How can I hate this?" <laughs> Maybe I'm a little grumpy. So, those Xylus stoppers that we talked about earlier, where can I get those? Well, I, I heard of a place. You might not like it, because you have to go there on your computer, not your phone. Oh, I hate my computer. There's viruses in it. It's so slow. Oh, it, it has these pop-ups that like trying to like get me to click on like ransomware stuff. It's just awful. I know, I know. But, if you want to get Xyluses, I know a great place to get it. Oh, okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me, so tell me. Tell you go me. to your computer. Yes. Your phone, you go to your computer. And you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And what's that do? It brings you to a page that has a whole bunch of stuff to sell called Amazon. You know what? I, I think that's a great idea, but there might be a little bit better way to do it. And if you just go to craftbeerradio.com, there's a store page. It has all of Craft Beer Radio's favorite beer drinking Ooh, things, like really? Spiegelau glasses, Xylus bottle stoppers, and a bottle brush, and all kinds of stuff. Or not a bottle brush, a glass, my favorite glass cleaning brush. Well, all it curated. Seems like you know more about this than I do. <laughs> all curated for your disposal. So you can just go to Craft Beer Radio and look for the store. Scroll down a little bit and you'll see it. A big, like, web 1.0 embossed button that says click here. And uh, it, it's pretty <laughs> awful. Rotating skulls. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> yeah. It, it's pretty awful. But uh, it The blink is... tags still work. <laughs> you click there and it goes to a little store which has uh, some beer books and like I said all our favorite things the Spiegel glasses that we drink beer from the stoppers what else is in there that's really awesome all kinds of awesome things buy it all <laughs> buy everything just buy 
Bye everything bye everything bye. on there is you know tried and tested on you know, our favorite things for drinking beer. And if you just want to buy other stuff, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It's coming up on Christmas season after all. And Ooh, uh, that's any, one of our best seasons. Yeah, anything that uh, you buy uh, instead of the six percent going to um, that that hack Jeff Bezos, it goes to us. Yeah, the price is exactly the same. We just steal money out of Amazon's pocket because you use craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon instead of your phone. Nick. <laughs> All right. What's next? What is next? Um, the last sip was pretty good. You're coming around. Well, it got the gristiness. It got that, okay. that real malty stuff that I like. John Rubio from the Beerus sent us some beers a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And this is 2012 Bourbon County. Okay. Which is a Goose Island beer. This is the year after they sold out. So it's probably not nearly as good as the year before. <laughs> um, 15% alcohol by volume, 60 IBU. Yes. That is what the bottle says. The bottle concurs, Doctor. All right. So this is a big barrel-aged Imperial Stout. No lights shining through this bad boy. There's no head on this bad boy. <laughs> just a little wisp of foam right there in the middle. If I swirl it just right, I might be able to make a smiley face out of it. Mmm. The aroma is pretty good. <laughs> the aroma is pretty good. A nice kind of uh, caramel, almost sort of burnt caramel uh, aroma wisping off little toffee notes. Some vanilla in there as well. Lots of vanilla, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're in a caramel factory. (laughs) Oh my god, that smells amazing. I can smell that for a while. It's 15%, and there is a little bit of booziness there, but it's not like hot alcohol. Right. It's, It's like... Hey, buddy, come over here, buddy. This is not going to leave you yakking in the gutter. There's a little kind of umami soy saucy thing there. A little bit, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not really over in the soy sauce territory. It's kind of just hanging out. I, I You get so much aroma off of this mm-hmm. thing that like you're not like... You feel, almost feel like you don't have to take a sip. I'm not compelled to take a sip. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, this is fine. Just... The aroma is as filling as tasting the beer almost. It, it, yeah, it feels like I, I'd be happy with just this. Is it the same thing if you smell just this? If you like take um, a white out or something and, <laughs> or markers and just smell that. Is that the same thing? Is is that so you're huffing? going to your head? Are we, are we huffing? Are we huffing? Yeah. I don't. I don't think we get any kind of intoxicant or anything like that from huffing. Maybe if you huffed like a strong alcohol. alcohol vapor, you you at that point you would figure you would get some absorption into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the normal. Uh, evaporation and volatilization off a of beer is going to um, 
to any measurable note make you drunk or high. What was that story about people using alcohol in their eyes? Sure. Because yeah. it, it gets absorbed really easily. There's another place you can put it where it gets Your absorbed butt, really right? easy. <laughs> you could do a... Yeah, I've heard about it. They're, they're alcohol enemas, right? You could yeah. do that. Yeah. Wine, typically, but you could do Bourbon County if you wanted. I think the CO2 might be a little burny. Mm. Wine's probably better for that. All right, so on to the flavor. Holy smooth. This thing is like a velvet glove. There is um, that umami, that soy sauce thing, is a bit stronger in the flavor. It has... Um, okay. It reminds me of like some of the... like. I don't know. I'm trying to remember what this is. like. I'm thinking like this is like worldwide stout. This is like mm-hmm. Black Tuesday. This is mm-hmm. like yes, you know. This is like super smooth, super delicious, and uh, it's just hitting all the notes. I mean, maybe if the flavor had a little bit more caramel and vanilla that the aroma had, it'd be even better because it's a little bit more woody. It's a little bit more uh, soy smoky. saucy. It's a little bit smoky. A little more soy saucy on the yeah. flavor than it than the aroma was, but. Even so, holy hell, that's good. It's it's very, very good. It's a little burny alcohol-wise in the back of my throat. Um, yeah. 15%, you know. Uh, it's dang tasty, but you got to take it real slow. Yeah. So um, aside from the, the, the burny and the straight-up cocoa, Around the edges, I'm getting something that's a little bit um, nutty, like uh, maybe a touch of almond or pecan or something like that. Or how about, we, how about we do like a blend of almond and, pes- and pistachio? Yeah, a little bit of something like that. Okay. I could even... Eh, I was going to say macadamia, but eh, not so much. It's more buttery, right? Um, there's not really diacetyl in here. I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I can tell. Um, touches of like coffee notes are coming through. I like your nut thing. I'm just trying to figure out the right nut. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Almond and pistachio. I said almond and pistachio. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll leave. I'll leave you to it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm having a pretty good night with the the uh, palate and the vocabulary, <laughs> words and flavors. This is good. This is a. This is re. I've been good. <laughs> We've had Bourbon County before, but I've n- I don't recall it ever being this enamored with it. Um, I don't think we've ever disliked it. No, but I mean, this is special. This is one of the best beers we'll have this year. Not much left in the year, so. No. I'm trying to think, what else have we had that's been awesome this year? I mean, there's a lot, but but you know, it's been <laughs> it's been a long year. Yeah. Uh, this is the 2012 Bourbon County from Goose Island. But again, I'm I'm the I'm the guy that's loving everything tonight. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm just in this very special place where my palate is like appreciating everything we get. Like even in the pre-show. 
we had um so we had a beer club at work a couple months ago or about a month ago when we brought in Oktoberfests and it was after it was in October so it was after Oktoberfest and the beer distributor was a little short on Oktoberfest which was kind of surprising I figured they'd have so a fair amount of lingering lingering uh, one of the ones I got was Blue Point and a lot of the people in beer club were complaining that this one was not very good I'm like well it's Blue Point Makes sense. <laughs> uh, we had it in the pre-show. I mean, sure, was it as good as some of my favorite Oktoberfests? No. Was there anything wrong with it? I didn't. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. So maybe that just goes to show how, like, how... I thought it was fine, too. Okay. <clears throat> so I, I'm the one who's been, like, more critical this uh, to, well, to this day. So I don't right. know. Well, I, I don't think I've ever had a blue point that I thought was fine. So this is like the first time. <laughs> I've had plenty of blue points I thought were fine. <laughs> I, I just never have. I haven't. I haven't had ones that I thought were great. Or even uh, sort I'm, of I'm pretty reaching low. I'm pretty, pretty low on the blue point. Okay. Well, hey, every, we have our story about Wirebacher that we always talk, you mm-hmm. know, mention. I almost pulled out a uh, old blithering idiot tonight yeah. for the show. They they changed up. Weyerbacher was not not great, and then they got much, much better. Pennsylvania Brewery, been around since the early days of craft beer. I'm not sure which year. They're probably close to 30 years old now. And when we were in our initial exploration phase of craft beer, um, they were available in the market, and they had some interesting beers, right? They had a, bur- a barley wine called Blithering Idiot. Like, well... And actually, it's not one. It the marketing on that one worked so well that you know, from the non-beer people who was talking to me about me becoming a beer person, you know, not more, you know, more than more than a few times, the beer called Blithering Idiot came up on a right. in conversation. So and they were known for being high alcohol. Yes, they they made generally at least the things that we can see here in Pittsburgh. Because they're on the other side of the state, and it's a wide state, uh, they would kind of make a batch of, of big beers. Blithering idiot. They had a triple. They had Mary monks and Mary monks. It was was the, the regular one. Yeah. Um, and it was a comp- it was is either the case where Greg and I's palates weren't ready for their beers and didn't appreciate class, you know, or or they became a better brewery, and I, um, I suspect it was the later, because we used to use them as an example of, don't give up on a brewery, because they can get better. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have written off Weyerbacher and never tried them again, but then Weyerbacher got good, and they, they put out some really interesting stuff. They're still doing really interesting stuff. Uh, well, they had like a cherry imperial stout, right? Reserva, yeah. That w- no, there was something that they were putting out. Was it a raspberry imperial stout? There's something that was like oh, 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 back in yeah, the big that big beers case. Same one yeah. that had the blithering idiot, the merry uh-huh. monks. There was a, a raspberry imperial stout, yeah, and it was like, Bleh. but they kind of dropped that beer. I think the funny thing is, I haven't had much Weyerbacher in the last couple of years, so, so we don't know if it's good. Kind of, kind of need to go revisit <laughs> those guys. It just it's one of those things like they're. There's five thousand breweries in the country. Well, that's it. But like, think of think of like the breweries we weaned on, right? The the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania breweries uh-huh. that were 
the kind of the staples, the go-tos of craft beer is either that or drinking, you know, macro beer right. or, you know, the national micros like Sam Adams and stuff like that. And uh, so early on, back in 2005 when we started the show, 2005, 2006, Trogues, Victory, Weyerbacher, Yards played an outsized role in the beers we were drinking because mm-hmm. that's, what was, that's what was available to us. And don't go back to those breweries very much anymore. Maybe we should have a throwback where we just kind of like... I'd be happy to, yeah. You know, refocus on kind of our roots and where we came from. See what we hate about these beers. <laughs> <laughs> They're not hazy. They're not IPAs. Yeah, come on. Where's the galaxy? Where's the, where's the Motueka? We had that little side aside because we just wanted to kind of enjoy this mm-hmm. Bourbon County. This thing is fucking amazing. Jesus. <laughs> you are much more willing to, to just casually throw that out than you were before. When when we started, you were <laughs> yeah, not I know. You were not into it. I guess social media has got to me. <laughs> it is a ruder age. <laughs> yes. Um Part of the reason I do it is because every time I do it, Greg reacts like that. <laughs> well, if you do it enough, then I'm not going to react like that anymore. I, so. I gotta, I gotta portion it out. Yeah, so you, yeah, you gotta rein it in. You gotta make sure it's, it's, it's a. But like, my favorite time was, of course, the, um, <laughs> Palace Point, uh, watermelon, Dorado. watermelon Dorado, because then it was just you couldn't stop. <laughs> deserved it it, <laughs> it did deserved it, it did which reminds me you mentioned another thing same sort of similar context you mentioned that you had a can of yingling and it was good oh did we not talk about that on the air? i don't remember if we did or not okay so we were uh this was back when ali was at the pittsburgh maker fair they kind of had a friday night set up reception thing and there was like nobody there but what was there was a spaghetti dinner buffet and free drinks when they had Yingling and some macros. I think Miller, it was probably Yingling and Miller Light. Like, Give me a Yingling. You know, it's free. How much kind of regret a free beer? Uh-huh. I had it, and it was good. So much that I had a second one. I mean, I would go for the Miller Light in that situation. And, well, and then we got an email from, um, or a tweet. I guess it was... Uh, some communication from one of our fans. Uh, Tonight's Spears, I think. Could be. I think I that's know. who it was. He mentioned that he has had a little bit of a similar experience where he has had canned yingling, draft yingling, and bottled yingling, and the only one that's good is canned yingling. I don't think I've ever had canned yingling. It's interesting that... What what would the can do? You would think it? draft should be able to be right. the exact same thing, right. but what would can do? This is see? all the data that I have. I don't know. I can't answer your question. But if you are like me and you think that Yingling tastes like uh, a bottle of tin washers and headache, um, try the can because it was it was good. Okay. Final beer. We're just doing five tonight because there's a lot of big beers out there tonight. 2009. 
Horn Dog from Flying Dog. 10.2% alcohol by volume. No IBU recorded on this one. I'm getting this information from Untapped. Dark yeah, red. I remember this one. This one pours like a dark brown tea, right? It's darker than your average barley wine. Another one is kind of gristy. At least the initial aroma that I got was kind of gristy on the nose. So 2009. So this thing is... What's that? Seven years old? Eight years old? Somewhere around there. That's the way the math works. Yes. And uh, that's a long time for a crown cap bottle, right? When we've done these... Uh, Bigfoot uh, verticals before they seem to maximize around five, four right. to five to six years. So when you get out to eight, nine years, oxidation starts to take over. So, so let's see what we get on this guy. On this guy here, uh, Horn Dog is one of those English style barley wines that isn't all that hoppy from the onset. And one of the reasons we like Bigfoot at four or five years is because the hops have faded and it gets more malty. Mm-hmm. Horn dog really doesn't require that. You can have a younger horn dog, and uh, <laughs> I just heard what I said. And out of context, <laughs> out of context, that's not so good. But you it can... is flying dog. I mean, that, that's part of their thing. Is their yes. names are are, are graphic. Yeah, so there's a bit of oxidation. You get a little bit of cherry, getting a little bit of kind of woodiness on this. Feels um, feels light, like not really very viscous at all, and it kind of it does. It, it does. Yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of almost not quite aqueous, but a little bit. It's less substantial mouthfeel than I was expecting. Well, we just had a really thick beer. True. Right? Yes. The, the yes. Bourbon so County was really thick, really chewy. Uh, so this one, I think it might be a calibration thing okay. where it tastes so thin. So a lot of like brown sugar, uh, a little bit of sort of a cherry oxidation mm-hmm. note. It doesn't, I mean, yeah, following following the Reverend County, it, it really has a, a tough act. So yeah. it's a tough act to follow. So it's, it, it's struggling to, to deliver. Yeah, it, it tastes, kind of, tastes kind of empty, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of blandish, because, yeah. Because so, we can take a little bit of time and try to, try to acclimate to this so we can appreciate in its own level. But, yeah, following that Bourbon County, this is a rough, <laughs> he drew the short straw. Hmm. The color is interesting. This is the first time we pulled beers out of the cellar in quite a while. There's a lot of stuff back there. <laughs> but they're all high alcohol beasts. Yes. And that's that's you know the problem with the cellar. The the beauty in the problem is is that there's a lot of stuff out there, but it's all this high alcohol, either barley wines, mostly barley wines, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing that goes yeah. to this. I got some uh, Brooklyn Black Chocolate Souts that are probably seven or eight years old back there. Uh, what else do I have? Tons of barley wine, lots of East End, you know, because of, I hope, Scott, you know, I, right, yeah. I'm able to procure lots of East End. We have a few, um, the Sam Adams, uh, 
what should we call it? The, the cosmic mother funk. Cosmic mother there's one in the fridge. I'm not sure whether there's any back there or not. Um, maybe we should take the KMF out of the fridge and put it back there for five years. Okay. <laughs> um, what else is back there? Got some Ale Smith. Got uh, two more pumpkins. <laughs> Once a year. Once a year. Uh, I got some some old uh, Mad River John Barley, Barley Corn that are back there from Gary. There's uh, all kinds of barley wines, some Imperial styles. Yeah, it's a big barley wine. Couple man. couple Brett beers, things like that, like Brett Hop. Oh, and um, that's here in Nevada, um, Saver beer that um, a, that breaded one, the sour one. Yeah, that's back there. Okay. I got some of the Flying Dog Saver beer in the fridge. That one was really good. You want to get on the ranking? Yeah, let's do it. Jeff, you're more in tune tonight. Why don't you rank first? Oh, that. Okay, so I just took another sip of the Horn Dog after chatting up about, you know, cellar brag. And uh, it doesn't taste as aqueous. It tastes more full bodied now. And. Um, so I'm getting kind of uh, a toasty toast. I'm getting um, a little bit of toffee caramel. The the booziness is there. This is this is kind of where I wanted Horn Dog to be. So it took me a little bit of of talking about other things to get in there. Uh, definitely helped its final ranking. Okay, pretty good, pretty good show tonight. Um, but again, I was I was the very glowy, warm, lovey guy tonight. I liked everything I tasted. I'm gonna put the Boulevard Quadruple in fifth place. It was good. Hard luck loser for sure getting in fifth place. Um like I said, if I was picking my favorite happy place quadruple, it would have a little more malty caramel bread pudding uh caramel type thing going on. But what I liked in that beer quite a bit was the, especially once I got the carbonation to where I was happy with it, I I liked the dried fruit flavors. And then I thought the phenols were very interesting. There was a white pepper thing, a nutmeg, Mm -hmm. cinnamon thing going on. And while those are kind of atypical for what I think of a quadruple, it, uh, it, it was interesting. And if you like very highly carbonated uh, Trappist-style beers, it comes out of the bottle that way. So if you like something that scrubs your tongue right as you're drinking it, you might appreciate the the Six Glass from Boulevard uh, a bit more. Uh, I like it a little more engaging, hugging, so I work the CO2 out of that. I'm going to put the Horn Dog. Yeah, I'm going to put the Horn Dog in fourth place. Uh, it had a tough act to follow after that Bourbon County. Uh, once I got acclimated to it, I enjoyed it a lot more. But, I mean, this turned into one of the, the better flights of beers that we've had in a while. I mean, uh, I've really enjoyed most of these beers tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Horn Dog, you know, it's giving you more caramel. Because it has, it's uh, eight years old, you have... Uh, or seven years old, you have a fair amount of oxidation, you know, but it's coming, it's not coming across cardboardy. It's coming across like cherries and things like that. It works really well. It does not taste like an old beer. It tastes like an aged beer, but not an old beer. If you can 
determine you know when a aged beer turns into an old beer is when it starts picking up flaws mm. right so it's it tastes like an aged beer it does not taste like an old beer um should have drank it before the bourbon county i probably would have dug it more i'm gonna put the pumpkin in third place this is a 2014 pumpkin so it has had three years in my cellar to meld and chill out and do whatever it does and granted i had four ounces of it they were delicious four ounces if i had eight ounces of it i very well could have been sick of it i don't Mm -hmm. know but for those four ounces i dug it i'm gonna put the uh sam adams oatmeal stout in second place and this is just because i i got it it made sense to me I was able to pick out a nice depth of character and nuance in the flavors. I'm not sure where it's going to land in Greg's final ranking. But, you know, it it rang a note with me. And I was able to taste, like I said, I called it a 90, 90 percentile oatmeal stout. And I, I continue to think that it's there. It's just a good beer. I think it's a very good but beer. But then that Bourbon County uh, 2012, holy cow. That's going to be a top, one of the best beers we've had in 2017. It's it's easily top five. It's probably top three. It might be the best beer. Lou was better. Yes, it was. I don't know. I don't know if I'd put it better than Lou. No, I didn't say it. No, Lou was better. You said better. You, you don't know if you'd put it better than Lou? Oh, I don't know if I would put Lou better. I. This was good. This was really good. It, it, when you get to top three of the year, it's kind of really hard to pick a favorite. You know, they kind of all just float up. Right. Yeah, that's true. It, it is. It's kind of like the Oscars or something. Yeah. So it's up there. It's yeah. it's delicious. It's an honor to be nominated. And that's where I uh, wrap my uh, rankings. It might surprise you. My rankings are very very similar. In fact, there's only one kind of switch. Um. In fifth place, I, I agree, the Boulevard. Um, just didn't have those quad notes that you want exactly right in the right place. And I think that was kind of the the through line for that beer. It was like, it felt a little off, I guess. I don't, uh, it's hard to say exactly why, but it was a good beer, plenty, fine beer. All these beers are very good. Um, I'm putting it in last place. The only thing I'm switching in your rankings is these next two. Uh, I'm going to put the Southern Tier in fourth place and the Flying Dog in third. Uh, Pumpkin still feels to me gimmicky. I I know you you don't like that term for this particular case. I think it very I think it fits strongly with how I like to use the term gimmicky. I think it was very, very gimmicky, but it worked in the amount that we were given. But uh, Horn Dog is not gimmicky; it's just a little old and oxidized, and uh, it also was up against, you know, right after Goose Island. But it's it's, it's pretty good. But yeah, I p- part of my problem initially when I was talking about the Sam Adams was was describing that I really did like this beer a lot. I just wanted to figure out a way to explain that it's not. Like all the beers that are previous to it have some thing that you can point to, or I don't know, there there's some like aspect of them that that's 
that's off in some area that you can talk about. And this is just kind of right on point for everything. And we, I, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's not a simple beer like a Pilsner. So, you, so we can't talk about how beautiful and, and well-constructed like a Trumer uh, it is. So but the, it, thing, it's a, the thing, you know, the thing that I liked about it was it was kind of like shining a light through a prism where it kind of spread out the, the, the flavors and things and you could actually see each one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It, it was well done. It, it was like the best, most well done average Imperial Stout I've ever had. And that's, it's an oatmeal stout, so oh, that's why you don't like it because you were ranking it as an Imperial Stout. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, the, it, it was It was really... It was very well done. It just didn't have anything other than the fact that it's well done, which is fine and very sure. good and, and sure. second in the show. But that's, you know, it's kind of like, how do I how do I say that in a way that doesn't sound bad for Sam Adams? I'm ranking it second. I, I liked it mm-hmm. the second most of any beer. Right. But what I'm saying is it sounds bad. I don't know how to, how to put it in the right way, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in first place, the Goose Island. Nothing more needs to be said, really. It's great. Yes, it was really great. And that's the show. Oh, the song is Gratitude by uh, Beastie Boys. Off of Check Your Head. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. I really do appreciate that you're taking the time to tune in and listen to our show. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license because of craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can send us an email. We had a listener who's been listening for years and just sent us our first email. It, it's really cool, you know, because, like, got a lot of listeners, only a few percent, only the 1% email us. Right, right. So it's awesome when we get a new email from a, from a listener. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, just, just say, hey, yo. Just send us an email saying, yo. Yo. Send us a yo. <laughs> That's still no. <laughs> that app? I'm, I don't know. I, I, never, I don't think I've ever saw the yo app. That was before I had an iPhone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just send us an email or a tweet saying, yo. And then we'll be give you a high five. Uh, anything else? Uh, I'm at Jeff Bear on Whatever Twitter. Whatever the self-addressed stamp envelope contest. We, did, we had a couple. Okay. I sent them 3D printed um, challenge coins from Craft Beer Radio. So people got something. They did. None of them wrote back saying thanks for the shitty 3D printed challenge coin. But Why would you write back after you got your thing? <laughs> right. Hopefully, Instead of a thank you note. Hopefully they like it. Well, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying another letter. I'm saying, hey, I got it. That's cool. No. Take this all back. I, <laughs> I don't expect. This is post-show stuff. This is Jeff's in, insecurities coming through. Um, thanks, everyone. We will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.